Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I, um, Interesting show today. Bruce Buffer makes his return. I love Bruce Buffer. Yes. We want to congratulate him on his 25 years in the UFC. Yes. Cyril Gunn uh, is making his first appearance. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to him. We've never interviewed him. And um, it's the main event this Saturday against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, 7-0 against Jarzinho Rosenstrike, who's 11-1. That one loss to, uh, to Francis. Um, the, what a great matchup this is. I, I can't wait for this fight. Yeah, and we also have, you know, we to talk about some of the fights, you know, obviously that just happened. Amazing, amazing card. Uh, we don't have to talk about the picks. It doesn't matter yes, who picked what. So who did much what. to talk about. We'll get Bruce in on the action, and I can't wait to ask Bruce what is his hobby, MMA, unrelated to MMA. What do you? I wonder what do you think he's going to say? Ready? I know what he's going to say. What it counts as money? Bruce Buffer is smart. As you know, he's a really smart businessman. He's loaded because he knows how to market. Bruce is a smart yes. guy. Yes. Well, let's get him in. Let's get Bruce yeah. Buffer in here. Yes. for all things Bruce Buffer. Oh, he hears us. Bruce, <laughs> I hear you. we're oh, on right. air. Had to count the Benjamins. What can I tell you? <laughs> we were just telling, we were just saying what a great businessman you are. Uh, and you, you just, uh, you're very smart with, uh, with marketing and with, uh, you know, kind of uh, owning your property and your, and your, and your sayings, you're a smart dude, man. You're very good at this. Oh, thanks you, brother. I really appreciate it, Jim. I haven't seen you for a while. I get to see Matt on the road all the time. I haven't seen your handsome face for a long time. I know. I, I, I said, you know what, instead of having fun on fight Island, I'm going to sit in my apartment and get fat. That was what I decided <laughs> to do. Just shove food in my face. Uh, hopefully I get out to Vegas. I want to get out before the summer and actually go to another fight. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good events coming up. And listen, I want to thank you. That tweet you made on my 20th anniversary about that. Thank you so much, Jim. That was so sweet. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're a great part of the UFC. Like, as a fan of the UFC, uh, just, you know, I associate you with every great fight I've seen. I mean, uh, you know, I, your announcement is as big a part of it almost as, as the event. It's just a part of the fabric of it. So, yeah, congratulations on 25 years, man. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate it. 
Sincerely. Bruce, let me ask you, because you know my ADD, and because it's right behind you, I'm going to be wanting to say it the whole time. Tell me <laughs> about the James Bond 007 Dr. O. Dr. No. Oh, Dr. No poster that's behind you. Explain that to me, please. Okay, so I'm a big collector of movie memorabilia, and posters are what I mainly collect. I have a lot of vintage posters from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Oh. A few from the 70s, and then I stopped, because that's when they were like artwork. This back here... Great. is the original I, all my posters are original either one of a kind or original posters but this is the original french dr no poster oh. of the very first james bond film which was dr no i think it was 1961 or 62 and it's the epitome of <clears throat> when you look at sean connery you know the cigarettes in his hand of course that doesn't really fly today but the <laughs> cigarette the gun the look you know i mean that's james bond you know and that's i don't know about you guys but who didn't want to be james bond when they were a kid you know i love memorabilia and stuff when you buy something, do you have to love the movie or is it just like, hey, that's a great poster and it's a piece of like cinema history? I think it's a combination of the two. Like there's some posters I have where they're just incredible, but the movies weren't that great. Yet they're cult classics. So one of the examples, I have the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, oh. right? Which is, it wasn't the greatest movie, but it's a cult classic, right? The monster should be recreated today. Or I've got the original War of the Worlds or The Day the Earth Stood Still or Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman where they're punching each other. It's just so cool. So I'd, I'd say it's a combination. For the most part, my favorite piece, you ever see It's a Wonderful Life, the Christmas movie? Sure. Oh, 100%. So I have the seven-foot original poster of It's a Wonderful Life where James Stewart's holding Donna Reed over his head and they're all happy. And it's the epitome of the way I hope my life will be, just total happiness. That's a, that's one of my favorite movies and one of my treasured possessions. And if I ever go broke and homeless, I'll be on the street with that under my arm. <laughs> don't be like, don't be like uh, the guy. In the, don't be like what's his name in the movie on the bridge. You know, hoping he meets an angel like Jimmy. I see Jimmy recast that's that. Wonderful life. On yeah. the yes, it's a wonderful life. Just if you lose everything, don't be like George up on the bridge about to jump. It's not worth it. Not worth uh, it. I, I took that. <laughs> I took that in a weird, a weird direction. Hey, listen, speaking of you wanting to be James Bond as a kid, every it depends on which which James Bond. I grew up with the Roger Moore yeah. and a little bit of Timothy Dalton, Living Daylights, which wasn't the greatest. But Roger Moore was my yep. was my James Bond. Which do you resonate most with uh, Sean Connery? Or I resonate most with Sean Connery because I was a kid, you know, young kid when those came out. Roger Moore classy roger moore you know the handsome james bond look but roger moore for me during the whole thing he didn't have the physicality you know like like daniel craig gets in there he gets it done right yeah Sean connery and, and the way that they had violence back in the 60s and 70s and 80s he got it done too roger moore was a little stiff for me yeah. but he was really good james bond he was he was classy. cheeky too he was cheeky. cheeky in his humor yeah exactly now if you go back to the original concept of ian fleming's what, what James Bond was supposed to be, the one actor out of all the actors that played James Bond, um, and Pierce Brosnan was also very good, but Daniel Craig is the epitome of Ian Fleming's original version of what James Bond was supposed to be. He was blonde, he was troubled, you know, the killer inside, the whole bit, a man at battle with himself. And I'd say as far as the original book description, that's what James Bond truly was. Daniel Craig. Every time I think of Daniel Craig, though, I think of that first one he was in, or I don't know if it was Casino Royale, whatever it is, he's tied to the chair, and the guy's torturing him, like, hitting him under the chair, hitting his oh. nuts. He's, ah, take oh. that, Daniel Craig. And he's got his, he's got his, hitting him right in the nuts. Yeah. Oh, it's just that disturbing to me. 
But if you look like something that it was disturbing for me to watch, but Jimmy might have been slightly aroused during that. Scene. Yeah, if it was a woman with a mask, I would be like, yeah, I paid for to have that scenario. There you go. Nothing like a little pain, Jimmy. I got absolutely. You. That's why. <laughs> why i do this podcast i like <laughs> by the way the guy, that, the guy that tortured him in that scene is named mads mickelson okay he's a european actor if you go on uh, voodoo whatever and, and go watch a movie called polar p-o-l-e-r jimmy jimmy what? Tell you me, did you hear what bruce just said yeah but you said you saw that and didn't like it matt don't you fuck with me jimmy in front of bruce, <laughs> bruce I've been talking about this movie Polar for so long. Nobody, it's with Mads, what, what his name, what's his last name? What is it? Mads Mickelson. This movie is so much fun. Oh, God, yeah. Right? Yep, yep. Thank you, Bruce. Jimmy. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. No. I, man. That, that torture scene when he was tortured, have you ever seen a scene like that? Brutal. But it was such a, it, the, the, um, the action scenes were well done. Even the sex scene that one, you know, what I'm talking oh, come about. Come on, we Matt. love the sex scene. Come on, Matt. That beginning oh, was awesome. That was amazing. She was hot. The sex scene was amazing. And the whole thing was such a great movie. Jimmy, I'm telling you, you could do a lot worse than Paula. I've okay. been saying it forever. Now you get a classy gentleman. He doesn't listen to my picks, uh, Bruce. But now that a classy gentleman like yourself comes on, maybe he'll give it a chance. I'll, I'll trust Bruce Buffer's. I love you, Matt, but I trust Bruce Buffer, Buffer's uh, musical uh, and movie taste probably a little bit more. Movie taste a little bit more no. uh, than yours. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Jimmy, do me a favor. Watch this film and let Matt and I know what you think of it. I'm telling okay. you, you'll be glued. Knowing you, Jimmy, knowing how much you appreciate a fine-looking woman, that first 10 minutes, right, Matt? He's going to be glued right after that. So good, Jimmy. Hey, do you use museum glass on your posters? Yes. Uh, I, uh, I should, of course, of course. Absolutely. UV, like my last, I live near the beach and the ocean air can ruin collectibles. I have so many, I have, I collect antique weapons and artifacts. I have a huge sports memorabilia collection, a lot of it in vaults, but what I have here, I got to be careful because the ocean air can like really oxidize stuff. And my old beach house that I had, I experienced that and I, one poster got ruined. So I have them specially mounted covered wow. on yards. What got ruined? What did you have that got ruined? Uh, it was an old um, James Cagney poster, oh. one of my favorite actors. When I, when I say ruin, it's like it's still a beautiful poster, but it got affected in the corner. And, you know, collectors, when they look at things, they want everything perfect. And you don't want to redo stuff unless it's by somebody who can really make it look original because then you're going to ruin the value. It, right. It's like taking a German Luger and re-bluing it to look good. You just made a $10,000 pistol worth 500 bucks, you know. And, and, you know, speaking of James Cagney, Jimmy says I do a great James Cagney. I've said yeah, that on many Yeah, see? Oh, that's right, Edward Jimmy? G. Robinson. That's Edward oh, G. Robinson. Uh, Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I thought that was cat. Well, Going to knock out Frank Trigg, see? <laughs> Never do Humphrey Bogart. I, what's my old Humphrey Bogart? You ain't a dame in the world that don't understand a slap in the face or a slug from a 45. <laughs> now that's a bad that's a quote that, jimmy i wish we had the applause button still yeah now i'm embarrassed with my piece of shit whatever why yeah, matt come on yours was good too what do you mean jimmy yours was good too you hey, both did good impressions that was the, was good. just just get right where you're doing matt it's edward g robinson that's who you it do. is i was i was doing the wrong gentleman jimmy something i don't usually say I threw out a uh, movie poster uh, i i should have kept it they said someone said it was, it was this movie metropolis I had like an original one of those and I got rid of it. And other people are like, ah, oh, you should have saved that. Wait, slow down, Jimmy. I'm going to tell you something, Jimmy. If you had the original Metropolis, which was a silent film, I think 23 yeah. or whatever, I'm not quite sure. 
That is one of the most expensive posters in the world, Jimmy. You're talking about an eight hundred thousand dollar poster. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That was original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I watch out for that one. <laughs> now, is that the holy grail for you? You you know who collects? Po it's weirdly weird. What guy? Kirk Hammett, the guitarist from Metallica, is a huge collector of horror stuff. Like he loves old horror posters. And I forget. I think he said that was kind of his holy grail. What, what what is a holy grail for you? Like the one that like you you think you could get and want more than anything? Well, I'll tell you. I'm going to get up and show you two posters right now that I think. Okay. So for me, uh, the original would be um, Frankenstein. Oh right? yeah, yeah. The original Frankenstein would be one. But I'm going to show you here. Are you a horror movie fan? A what? A horror, horror movie. Yes, movie. yes. The movies from the '50s. Can you see this? There's yes. King Kong. Oh, nice. Oh shoot, King right? Kong. And that's my favorite sculpture of a boxer. There. Ooh. Hold on one second. It's a nice house, Bruce. I love the posters going up the steps. You got a whole thing going. Oh, yeah. Well, if you look up the steps, there's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, wow. Right oh, up that's there. perfect. That's oh, huge, too. Wow, what a big poster. Hello, movie house. That's I awesome. Movie house. And then here's the very expensive, the original creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, look at that. And then here is, if you can wow. see this, that's the House of Frankenstein. Yes. Oh, oh right. shit. I like that's the one with Abbott and Costello, no? Uh no, but I have that too, and I'll show you that in a second. That's a great one. Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. You guys gotta love this with the punching, the Wolfman. Yeah, wow, that's uh, great. Look at that fight. Look at that. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And see, it's that's always a damsel in distress in the 50s, right? That's so right. Here, here's the day the earth stood still. Look at that. See the damsel oh, in distress? Man, this is great. This is beautiful. They're all beautifully framed, too. Now, is there, it's hard to trust your stuff to somebody. Do you go to just one person? You remember this guy, Errol Flynn, Jimmy? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, I've been compared Errol? to him. Errol okay, there Flynn? you go. Hey, Errol Flynn, he's great. And here's one last one. I'm sorry. I'm having fun with this guy. I love this shit. No, I, love, I can look at this I all love, day. I feel like we're doing cribs. War of the Worlds. Wow. Oh, look at that. I love right. the location it's in too. You got like that little indented area there. That's great. Oh yeah, no, I've got it all around here. And then um, here's your great house. Here's your guy, Matt. That's who you're imitating right here. Oh, who, let me see. Who am I imitating? Edward G. Robinson. Oh, hey, see. The last hey, Jimmy. Do it, Jimmy. Yeah, see. Yeah, see. Yeah. yeah. Now off that, and one last one. Okay. Okay. Um, this is one of the greatest movies ever. Story of men. An honor, yet there are criminals. It's called The Wild Bunch. Sam I, I, I don't remember it, but I, I know the film, but I don't remember seeing it. The Wild Bunch. A must-see. A must-see. Yeah. It, it changed the whole way Hollywood depicted violence. It's wow. unbelievable. You get them all over the house, Bruce. Like you have, and do you, and do you go to one person to frame them? Because I'm always nervous as to who to let, who to leave your stuff with. I have a framer that does a great job. I mean, I went through trial and error with a couple of framers, and then as far as where I buy these, there's a emovieposter.com they have great auctions there you can trust the originality of them or i bought from private collectors i've been doing this i'd say the first poster i got was 94 i paid four thousand dollars for uh it's a wonderful life i had a choice between casablanca or it's a wonderful life i don't know why i didn't buy both of them i made a yeah. mistake but um yeah that's when my very very first big investment in a poster wow and it's, investment wise incredible yeah they go up right 
Oh my God. It's yeah. I would say that it's a wonderful life and I don't like talking money, but if we're talking sure. about as I mention it, sure. That's probably a $40,000 poster today. Oh, tenfold it's got. Well, yeah, because also the longer it goes, the more likely another one is to get damaged or one is to get lost or, you know, if they haven't found them all. It's the basic, but well, here's the thing in the lower corner of the posters, it'll say like 20 of 232, which means that they only made 232 oh. posters because there wasn't that many movie theaters back then. Right. Oh, right. right. We're 20 where today there's so many of them, although there's some posters worth money. So it's the, it's the classic, classic economic theory of all collectibles is supply and demand. Like right now, you could, I just bought a box of 87 Fleer basketball, which has the second year of Michael Jordan in it, right? Since The Last Dance came out on Showtime or HBO, that special about Michael yep. Jordan was unbelievable. That box used to sell for $4,000 last September. Now it costs $80,000. Wow. His rookie cards have gone from like a couple thousand to a PSA grade of 10 card, which just sold for like $180,000. And, and, and they don't go down. I've been watching this for 30, 40 years, guys. In the time, we're in the one of the worst economic times in history. But that's when collectibles actually become more valuable. And people, there's money out there. People have money. They're putting them on eBay and they're selling like this. You know, it's funny too with cards. Like there was a period in the early 90s where they made cards that would shoot up like a Frank Thomas baseball card. And then they would, then they would go down again. It was almost like, because everybody was collecting the, Hey, this is a collector. And they would make these cards. They would overvalue them and people would pay a lot of money. And then they would kind of crash into where right. they belonged, which was not much, but yeah, Jordan's obviously that rookie card is worth having. Like, you know, well, again, back to supply and demand. the Frank Thomas card, the upper deck card they had, I think it went to like a hundred dollars at one time. You probably can't sell yeah. it for maybe 10 bucks now. Yeah. Hendrick Jr.'s car was like 90. It's probably worth 30 now. So those fluctuate. But if you go back to, again, supply and demand, the cards I collect are from the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. Right. And in the 80s, I'm going into the basketball because of what's happening now. Because now hedge fund people in Wall Street is getting into collecting cards. They're, they're, they're actually people that trade. They'll, they'll like a Michael Jordan card so expensive, let's say 100 grand, but 10 people will go in and invest in it so they own a piece of it. Now, that's where it's going now. Now, are you going to open that box? And what if the Jordan's not in there? I used to spend $20 opening up 86 Fleer wax packs, right? The first one I opened, I pulled a beautiful Michael Jordan out of it. That today would probably sell for $100,000. Wow. I sold it 11 years ago for $1,100, right? Uh, that's what happens. And those that pack now, to buy that pack, and I started investing those two, you, you got to spend like six, seven, eight thousand to buy that pack. I could have bought the box for two hundred. It sells for $80,000 now. And the case... I could have bought three, four cases for $4,000. They go for, it's amazing guys, like one plus million now. So as an investor, it's funny to listen to too, because like now there's all this stuff about cryptocurrency and all this shit, and you can never buy at the lowest and sell at the highest. It just doesn't, but those, there are things you look back on, and go, fuck, why didn't I, it was there, I could have. The problem with crypto, and it's not a problem, I'm not an expert on crypto, so I can't really comment. I bought Bitcoin at 25. It went down to like eight. I finally went up to 28. It was great. I got my money back. I sold it, made a little coin. Now it's at what, 55,000? But yeah. it's so volatile. It's just so volatile. Yeah, it's great. It's frightening. I, I, I bought some and I know nothing about it, which shows you what an ass I am. I just <laughs> invest in, in, in a few different ones and I'm watching it go up and down. And I'm like, whatever you put in, you got to be willing to lose. Hey, Jim, when you got as much money as you do, you got to diversify a little bit, right? That's right. That 50 bucks has to go somewhere. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting it into crypto. <laughs> Bruce, do you, are you a golf player? What do you like to do on a Sunday? I can't picture you staying in your pajamas all day and relaxing. Right. Oh, I, no. I could relax. 
I, well, my relaxation is uh, poker, you know, dinner with friends, my fam. I, I'm all about my family, you know? Yeah. Um, a girlfriend and I went for a uh, nice hike yesterday on Sunday. We hiked about six miles here in Palos Verdes on the cliffs overlooking the ocean, and, you know, went for a sunset uh, drink and stuff. That's, that's a nice way to spend a Sunday, you know? Yeah. Um, he, me on a, I don't want to pry. Are you getting serious with this, this young lady? Um, we've seen each other for off and on. She's a good friend. Okay. <laughs> And, and then, uh, you know me, Matt, I, I've never been married yet. I, I always kid. I said, I've, I've almost been divorced twice, but I haven't been married yet. Yeah. But if I'm the right one along. I think, I think I'm getting in that mode now. I think we're getting close. I look at you and I look at the guy right behind you and I see kind of a similar guy. There's my yeah. man. <laughs> Shaking, not stirred, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. You I'll can listen. pass this the next James Bond. Well, I appreciate that. You know, whether it's, what can I say? I can't even comment on that one, Matt. I'll take it. I The other things I love doing is I love training, Matt. I, I training calms me down. Training relaxes me. I, I feel like I've been, I have been an athlete my whole life. I like to keep, keep it going all the time and give me a surfboard. Get me in the ocean. That's what I love. Get me in the ocean. Surfing has been my favorite. It's my favorite sport. I've been surfing when I moved to Malibu at 15 from Philadelphia. It was like culture shock. I never saw blonde girls like that running out of the ocean. I, the waves I saw once in France, and immediately I just learned how to surf, and I never stopped. How far from the ocean are you now? You said the ocean air, so are you close? Yeah, I'm just, it's about a little less than half a mile down. I'm on a cliff overlooking Los Angeles, and the ocean's right here. Oh, that's nice. That's great. So, I, I also, Now, do you drive to Vegas ever, or do you fly every time? No, you know what I'm doing now since COVID, and actually I don't think I'll ever change, is that I drive. I mean, I can hop in the car on a Friday, and I'm there in four hours, and when you think about the fact the airport's uh, 15 minutes from me, but you know, you got to get there an hour and a half, two hours early. And then you got the hour flight and you got to wait for your bags. Well, the whole time I'm there in a car and, and I'll have my driver drive me or I'll drive myself depending, but let's say he's driving me. I sit in the back and I do work. I, I sit there and work and, you know, do my thing. Yeah. And just relax. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I like, I've done that drive once. I did the Arizona from LA once, which I never want to do again. That's I'm, kind of, I'm too, I, I'm kind of, you get to be at all the fights. What a great job you have. I mean, it's, you know, you get to, you get the best seat in the house. Uh, you know, you have to be there. They have to get you a ticket because you're on the show. What a great gig. You know, it's a gig that I wake up every day and I kiss the ground that I'm about to walk on because I'm so honored to be the voice of the octagon. There's 5,000 or more dudes out there waiting, or maybe girls too, that want to do the job waiting for me to drop dead. And, and if I do, I want to go, it's tough. <laughs> right there. At the octagon. That'll be perfect. It's either, I want a great white shark to take me out or do it in the octagon. That way I'll go out and two of the things I love most, right? This was the fly that attacked you when I was there backstage. In, it was that, that was Abu Dhabi. Well, yeah, with the fly would, it's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing I ever seen. You didn't, you didn't see that, Jimmy? No. Oh, Dana like retweeted it or put it out on his, yeah. A fly. Now the fly <laughs> like right by his mouth as he's saying it's time and it was it's time but he, no, he finished it because he's a professional of course he is it was coming up and i could handle it one time a bug flew in my mouth in brazil we all know how the arenas are down there from time to time but um it started why they started going in my eye and that's when i just had to swat it and get it out i'm now the flyweight champion of fly island i love it <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm watching it right now as we talk to Bruce. I'm, I'm actually. Oh, I knew you were. I knew. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it right now. You're there. You go, and I'm trying to see it. Yep, there, <laughs> there it goes. Right? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, we have uh, we have Cyril gone today. 
are you doing the uh, I like when now you, you obviously get to choose whatever cards you want, but once in a while they got to give you a week off because again they're doing them every week. So do you always uh, do you pick and choose or do they go hey we'll, we'll use you for this one, this one, this one? How does that work? Well, they know that I want to do every show. You know, I'm just that way. You I, do. I do every show if I can, but I really do appreciate you know a week off. But sometimes they. Joe, Joe Martinez, who does a very fine job, represents the brand very well. And I'm content when I watch, like I watch this weekend when I'm not there, because it, it's important to me that the brand be represented well. Yeah. So, but also, you know, I, I need a weekend off once in a while. And sometimes when I get a weekend off, though, I don't even take it off. I'll go do a NASCAR race or I'll do a, you know, the mid, uh, March Madness, you know, basketball. I get offers to do different things. And, and then I might just say, no, you know, I need to just chill. I need to yeah. collect and be 100% next week for the UFC. Joe Martinez is good because he's different too. Like he's not trying to do Bruce Buffer. He has his own style. So it's a different style. I mean, you're my favorite, but I mean, he, like if you're off, at least it's a guy doing his own thing and not trying to do you and doing you poorly, which I would hate to see. I, you know, uh, imitation is the, hu- or the height of flattery, as they say, but yes, he does a fine job. And I do see some of the people out there that try to imitate me and I, I guess it gives me a nice LOL. You know, it's really funny, especially when they try to do the physical stuff I do, you know. And do yeah. the I watched one guy one time. He laid down on the mat in the cage and rolled over as he was announcing all over the spit and the blood and everything he's been in there. That was his way of announcing. He literally laid down on the ground uh-huh. and just rolled over while he was announcing. I thought, what the heck? Seriously? Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, great. When you say the spit, like the sweat, like yeah, everything on the mat is. Imagine what's on that floor after two or three fights. Yeah. Are you going this weekend? Are you are you heading out this weekend? Yeah, I am. I'll be there, and of course for two fifty nine, which is a hell of a show. I can't wait to get there for that. Yeah. Get tested for COVID. I'm quarantined for twenty four hours to the arena, do the show, and boom. Depending on the time we end, I go back Saturday night or Sunday morning because I'm not going out in Vegas and doing what I love to do. You know, playing poker and blackjack or partying and having fun. It's just it's just not that kind of environment anymore. Well, yeah, what do you, what's a normal thing for you? Cause I've seen you out at that, uh, out to dinner, um, after on a Saturday night late, uh, at that steakhouse at the MGM, I've seen you before, you know, like two years ago. Um, what, what's a typical weekend for you in Vegas after you're done announcing, what will you go out and do? Well, the night before the show, I'm kind of a nun and I don't party late. I just get my head together, do my work. And I want to be fresh for the show after the show it's balls to the wall. You know, it's, I love playing poker. But usually after the show, depending who's there at the show with me, love a fine dinner. Like when you and I run into each other at the steakhouse or with Rogan or whatever the case might be. And I'll hit the steakhouse or the sushi bar. And then uh, if we're at the MGM, my friends that own Hakkasan, I've appeared there many times. So if there's a good DJ there or whatever, I enjoy going up and getting in the, the booth behind the DJ and just enjoying the music, watching the people partied up. Um, but after that, you know, it, it's kind of hard to walk around Vegas after a show. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to get out. Of, I usually get out of the monkey suit because if I stay in the monkey suit, it's like I'm a target. Yeah. Um, but just depends who I'm with. But a good meal with good friends and enjoying and feeling the adrenaline rush I'm still feeling after a show because it takes me a while to come down. Sure. You know, it's uh, it's like you, Jimmy. You get off stage after a fine performance, right? Are you ready to go to sleep? Well, they're so rare for me that I might, you know, I just want to enjoy it. But a performance that is average or mediocre. Yeah, I'm tired. When I'm finished, I'm ready just to lay down and forget it ever happened. <laughs> so now you, you, uh, you do these. What kind of prep do you do the night before? That's interesting. You see, like, what do you Because your pronunciation is so good. I mean, do you uh, do you write your own cards up or do you write things out phonetically or how do you do it? 
Yeah, the cards, I think you might have seen a picture of the cards once in a while. I've actually auctioned off about 21 sets of cards for charity over the, over the last few years. But I have a template of those cards and I got to fill in the information. And that takes me a couple hours with the prep that I have to do before I get on the road to Vegas. But then when I get into Vegas on Saturday or Friday night, I get the weights, the refs, all that type of stuff. So then I have to literally go through everything, put it all in, make sure everything's correct with the final stat sheets that they send me. That takes another hour or two. And then I color the cards. You know, they kind of look like little pieces of art by the time I'm done with them with yellow and red and blue and, and all that. And it's not that I'm reading the cards. I think if you watch, I, I don't really read my cards. You know, I'm always right. But sometimes I'll forget how tall a guy is or the record or whatever. And no matter where I'm at like this, I can just even upside down or sideways. I've learned how to read my cards. So, cause I don't like this. I mean, no offense to other announcers, please. I don't mean, sure. but I don't like being stiff like that. I got to move. I got to, I got to get into what I'm doing, you know? And the, the day that I can't physically announce the way I love to announce, that's going to be one of the key reasons why it'd be time for me to announce my retirement. Is the color coding. So like if the weight, like what the fuck is it? You can just look and say, Oh, that's green. Like, is that just to catch your eye as you're uh, talking through it? Well, I know what's colored. I know exactly the stat that it's covering. So I immediately can draw my eye to it. And then I literally can read it again, upside down, sideways, left or right. Now pronunciation, you're a master of pronunciation. Matt and I are not. Now there's a couple uh, we say Kamaru Usman, you say Kamaru Usman. Now, do you do you ask these guys or how do you know? Because I, I would tend to side with you over me, of course. Well, the UFC is a well-oiled machine. <clears throat> they send us like voice clips of the fighters saying their names. But the more important thing, aside from the way they want their name, like Kamaru, he wants it announced that way. Okay. And we get noticed about that. So let's say I'm working with John Attic, who's a master at a pronunciation of the names. And we'll go over the names before because I want to be in sync with Anik or Bisbing, right? Whoever's commentating that fight, it's very important that we both be in sync and say that name correctly. But there has been times when I've gone to the fighter, uh, especially some of the foreign fighters to get it down. And the more meat to the name, like Namagomedov, give me the, give me all that meat. I mean, Frank Trigg, Mike Swick, you know, God love them in their names. And I'm trying to make it sound as much as I can, but it's very hard with single syllable names. Why are you smiling, Jimmy? Um, two reasons. A, and the Maga off the way he said that, and and Frank Trigg, who you both you both have victories over, uh, which just <laughs> <laughs> makes me happy that Bruce they did a fight lore on that. Yeah, that was a great piece, man. Dana called me up after he saw yeah. it. He said, Buff, you gotta see this. This is the best piece. Dana gets so excited by that story, it's incredible. Yeah. I know that if people want to watch, it's on Fight Lore on UFC yep. Pass, and they will talk about the time that Frank Trigg rudely interrupted Bruce Buffer, showed him some disrespect, and got dealt with in an elevator. I'm leaving a cliffhanger right there for That's people right. to out on Fight Lore on Fight Pass. <laughs> See what I do, Bruce? You did it. You did it. It was cool they got Frank on there to talk about it, too. That was very cool. Yeah, I mean, he's a humble guy. No, if I get along great with Frank, so except at certain moments in an elevator, that's all. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's like that sometimes. No, I say throw a few and have a beer afterwards. That's the way I like it. Yeah. And what are you promoting too? But we want to uh, now. Are you um? Are you on Cameo? We want to before we uh before we let you go. We want to make sure we get the proper plugs out and promote everything. I know you have the It's Time is your podcast, which I think you're still doing, right? Oh yeah, the It's Time podcast. I've got a YouTube channel. I just put it back on video. We're getting a ton of people listening on audio, but I started my video channel, so. This time podcast, I had Bisbing on the other week, Pearl Gonzalez, uh, Luis Pena. Um, but I take people from 
movies and, and different walks of life. This Wednesday, I have Dan from Memory Lane, and we're going to be talking about and showing the sports memorabilia that you and I were just talking about, right? Oh. I dedicate my show to sports memorabilia on Wednesday, but I'm, I'm where everybody, everywhere you can hear podcasts and, of course, my YouTube channel. And I, I would like people to subscribe because once we get to the 5,000 plus subscribers, I'm going to be giving away some pretty cool stuff to the listeners. You know, okay. Up to the point. Um, the cameos, I do a ton of, I've got six to film after this interview just for today. You do. Cameos. Um, but the big thing is that my website at brucebuffer.com, I do these championship introductions that I charge very, what I consider little for, but I give a lot of money to children, military and animal charities. Um, and we're inundated with orders like that. I've got two hours of videos to film today. Wow. Birth of babies, weddings, birthdays, and then the big championship introduction where I introduce the fan as if you're being introduced by me in the red corner in the octagon, right? And I started this two years ago as a Christmas thing and I was going to stop it. But my partner, Kristen, and I got so many thank you notes and actually started bringing tears to her eyes how happy we were making everybody. So I've never stopped it. I mean, it's a lot of work, but I'll, I'll and then my big, my big thing is there's two things I'll share with you. Matt, this is all about you, baby. This is all about oh, reefer oh. <laughs> lifts for shoes. Just <laughs> <laughs> chance. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, chance. This is this this is my new bourbon I came out with last year. We're breaking records in the United States. We got a nine point five taste rating from the taste board, which is unheard of. It's the highest rated bourbon. It's for sale. We're coming into New York soon. It's it's in sixteen states now. And we're setting a record and we're going to have a very big year this year. The reception, the, cri the cri cri critics, reviews, everything. But this is all about having that one punch that can change your life. And Matt, the night you fought George St. Pierre, if that wasn't what this is all about, I don't know what was. Okay. I had a puncher's chance. Puncher's chance. Very nice. What a great bottle. This bourbon is made with heart and honor for those who know how far they've come. For those who started early, stayed late, day after day, year after year, for those who have the courage and strength to do what others won't. Bruce, That's can great, I ask you something, Bruce? Can I ask you something be between us? I don't want to make Jimmy feel weird, but is it for some people that, that don't have the uh, heart of a lion or a, or a punch's chance? Of course. If you enjoy drinking, oh, okay. I'll have a bottle sent to Jimmy in a heartbeat. Don't worry. <laughs> Around. No, I don't have, but I, I, I drink something called Slapper's Chance because uh, I'll slap somebody. <laughs> hey, do you guys enjoy bourbon? Do you enjoy? Bourbon? I don't drink at all. I'm, I, I don't drink at all. Matt, do you drink? Do I drink? I have some of my uh, Ciro's Grappa. Matt like, drinks. Ah, you know, that's the Italian in you, Matt. There's no preservatives. He does it right in the garage, and I throw it to the back of my throat. Ooh, I like that. Very cool. You know, and don't look at me funny, but I've been having some of those those German beers that are like um, grapefruit beers. Oh, the wheat beers and stuff. Oh, it's not wheat. It's either grapefruit or oh, pomegranate. Stop. It's not exactly a wine cooler. It's a beer. Jimmy, have some of Bruce's liquor. I, I, I want you to drink some of Bruce's and come on the air. I want to see you after having one or two, a couple of shots of, of Puncher's Chance. Are you guys in the same studio or separate? Right now we're separate. Normally the same, but because of COVID, we're both home. Oh, I got you. Well, you know, just listen. If you want me to send you a bottle, send me an address, and you'll have it next week. Oh, Matt, you have to. Then do a shot on the air. I'll do. I'll do that. I'll do try a shot on the air. I'd love to send it to you, Matt. Yeah. No, no I'll get you my address for yeah, sure. Send me your address. Send me your address. Now you're going to be able. I I think you're going to like this one, guys. And I'm I'm a little early in showing this to you, but it's coming out in a month or two. Um, 
what is this? I have a big company in England. I'm distributing a line of its time toiletries all over the world. To toiletries? Facial soap, body wash, deodorant, um, moisturizer. I've always Bruce been very Buffer TP? Pardon me? Bruce Buffer TP for my bunghole? <laughs> Here, I'll show you in a second. All right, that's from uh, that's from Beavs, Beavs and Button. Sorry about that. <laughs> Bruce, why does Bruce have the deal? Look at this beautiful. Keep wow. going. Oh, it's it's time. Awesome. Me in your ass. This is the cool. It's, it's time to powder <laughs> your nose. So, Jimmy, you're going to be able to smell like buff. Okay, we got the. Cool. Those are nice. Yeah. Jimmy, you want to smell like buff? I do. Those are actually really nice. The bottling is great. The the uh, the the uh, the way you're marketing them is beautiful. Yeah, I put like the little microphone top. I'm it's my signatures on the top and on the bottle. Awesome. I really think you nice. Come up with a brand to just. I think you should go full fledged and go full forward and go against Manscaped. And it's time for the Bruce Bruce Buffer Ball Cleaner. <laughs> yes, I'm sensing the future. <laughs> fuck. Listen, I love Manscaped. Not fuck. Yeah, fine product. They, they've been good to us. But, but I'm for the Bruce. If I gotta get my balls cleaned, I would go with the Bruce Buffer brand because yeah. I can tell. So you drop your pants; it's probably like two shiny walnuts of joy, <laughs> like, <laughs> glowing. Like when you look in the Pulp Fiction case, it's just glowing. You <laughs> I might be a little uncomfortable with the association of the balls, but you know it's. Hey, let's stop. <laughs> let's stop before I get me tooed by Bruce Buffer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, manscaping is important. I mean, I was I was doing that in my 20s before even anybody even thought about it, you know? Oh, yeah. shit. You're a porno watcher, Jimmy. You remember what the porn was like in the 80s versus today? It was hair everywhere, right? Lago yeah. That shit. Lago I don't mind it. I don't mind it. The the better. I don't mind it. Lago's I don't mind like it. Indiana Jones down there trying to find something. <laughs> Lago's like, I go down there with a machete. Lago goes down there. Anyway, guys, Bruce Buffer. Yeah. <laughs> Cameo, what else? <laughs> Just go to brucebuffer.com. It's all right. <laughs> Do me a favor. Your fans are going to plug one more thing. Check me out on Instagram at brucebufferufc because I make a lot of these announcements there. And when I start giving away stuff for the podcast, I'd love for people to know because I'm going to give away some pretty cool stuff. All right. Guys, awesome, awesome, Bruce. I love watching your show. I love how your show's evolved over the last few years or whatever it's been. You guys do such a great job. Thanks, buddy. Jimmy, you might yes. think I'm strange, but I know Bruce for so long. Oh, I know. Like 2001. So I know he doesn't judge me. So I can be silly with Bruce. He doesn't. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Bruce, uh, look, we look forward to watching you again. We love you. You know that. And uh, congratulations, man. 25 years. It's, it's, it's really yeah. amazing. Thanks very much. I don't know if I have another 25 years on this earth, but I do have another 10 or so in the octagon. So I'll do the best. Awesome. Awesome. All right, buddy. See you soon, all right? Yeah, Bruce. Cheers. Thank you. Big cheers. No fears forever. Thank you so much. Love you guys. All right, pal. Stay healthy. Be good, Bruce. Thank you. Bye-bye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, those products look really good, man. Like, the way he he's such a smart marketer. Like, when you look at the... The way they the it's time products look, it's like yeah that's a nice even if you're not a, a UFC fan you look at that and go yeah it's a nice fucking product I'll I'll buy that yeah you watch what he comes out with next now I planted a little seed in that head of his I know you watch you watch the next line of stuff he comes out with yeah everything yeah. for the the taint everywhere it's gonna be everywhere it's gonna be nice and clean down there you know and we have uh, we have Cyril gone coming soon. I'm not sure what time he's coming. I'm guessing it will be uh, shortly, but we should talk about the other, uh, the other fights. Jimmy, yes, sir. I know you want to talk about Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades, and we shall. We we can. We don't have to. I mean, uh, it, it went the way you thought it was going to go. It's, te- it's technically our job. Yeah, we, we really have to talk about it. Yep. Um. But what about what about Bruce like in Polar? And I Polar, and I've been telling you that forever. But anyway, I know. I Casey know. O'Neill. I want to talk about this. This um. Congrats to our friend Jared Gordon. Yes, um, in the prelim, he did. He's a very, yep. a very smart fight versus Danny Danny Chavez, and uh, he's getting smarter and, and he looks like he's really just being. He's getting better and better in there. I, yeah. I, I like. I'm happy for Jared. Uh, Casey O'Neill is our first time in the UFC. She defeated uh, Shana Dobson. Yep, uh, from the mount from just second round TKO from mount where the ref had to come in that fight from start to finish had me Jimmy, just like this, like, the, Oh, Oh no. Oh, Oh gee. Oh, oh boy. That was me. The whole yeah. fight. I love that fight. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, this Casey O'Neill, this, this Scottish girl from Australia is going to be, I'm telling you, yeah. she's going to be making waves. That girl. I thought she was, I thought she was amazing. I liked everything about her. I liked her striking. I liked her, her counter striking, I liked her flow, her wrestling from flowing from one. She knows when to what when to how to commit, and then when to flow to the next move, not to overcommit. That you know what I mean, not to force. I was so improved. I was so impressed with her positional jujitsu. Uh, it was so smart the way she she fought on the floor that I just cannot just wait to see what's next. Because because I'll tell you, Shonda Dobson was not making it easy for her. She was. That was a dog fight. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed it to the first round when um, Casey got up and she let out a little like war cry, a little, whoa, it was fun. Jimmy, I can't say enough about that fight. Yeah, it was a great fight. And I think, is she undefeated? Um, I'm, yes. I'm trying to find, my, my memory is so bad. Um, it's an O now. She was like five and O. I'm pretty sure, but I might be off. I think you're correct. I think you're right. But again, my memory is so shit sometimes. Uh, we're getting a little note. Ooh, oh, look at I this. Like Cyril gone is ready to go. Before we before we get to Cyril, we should get to him in just a moment. Well, actually, we can get to him now and then talk about the other fights. Yes. After yeah. we don't have to talk about whose picks for what. It's not important. I mean, what, what are we going to brag? Uh, there was one decision I absolutely disagreed with. All right, let's get Cyril gone in here. How are you? I'm fine. Fine in you. Very well. How how is your? Uh, is this your first uh, UFC main event? Yes, it's my first UFC main event, of course. And when did you find out 
that you were going to go from the co-main to the main? Um, uh, a few weeks, a few weeks, a few weeks. Well, one month, one month. Uh, about a month ago. So you yeah. had time to prepare for five rounds and not three. Yes, yes, that's not the problem because my conditioning trainer uh, are really good to adapt and, uh, and uh, he keep always me in the shape, you understand? Cyril, where, where did we grow up? For the audience at home, so they know, where did you grow up? I noticed your accent. Where are you from? Uh, I'm, fr <laughs> I'm from France. I was born in France. I was born in the, in the little city in France. But yes, uh, my father from the, the Caraib. Of, okay. And, and what, what's, what city in France? Yeah, um, uh, just close to Nantes. Not. Oh, uh, Okay. Now, you when you that? were a kid, did you, uh, what kind of, were you, uh, did you fight a lot when you were a kid? Did you play other sports? Uh, yes, of course. I started um, with uh, uh, soccer ah. when I was really young. And after, when I was uh, an adolescent, I played basketball. Okay. And there are um, five or, or six years ago, I started with the Muay Thai. And after only three years of Muay Thai, so there are three years ago, I started training in MMA. I'm not surprised you played soccer because that left kick to the body you throw <laughs> and beautiful knees. Uh, I'm not surprised that you played soccer. That left kick, you're, you're one of the most. Kick too. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're one of the most athletic uh, heavyweights, but uh, uh, for thank sure. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I think all of that uh, participate of that. You understand? It all kind of goes into it. Yeah. And you seem very comfortable on the ground. Uh, you seem like you enjoy going to the ground. You, you don't really seem to care where the fight is, standing up or on the floor. Yeah. No matter. Because I, I'm a fast learner and think I'm a fast learner. So I'm really comfortable to the ground too. I'm really comfortable with my striking, with my wrestling. So, yeah. Now, when you started doing, after the Muay Thai, you started working your jujitsu. How did you take to jujitsu? You said you're a quick learner. Were you quick to learn the jujitsu like you were the Muay Thai or not so much? No, uh, when I started the MMA, it was the real problem. Yeah? <laughs> I started training with, uh, with uh, Nasruddin Mavov. Oh. A really good striker, but also a really good uh, wrestler in the grand game. And I was really, how do frustrated? Frustrated, exactly. I was really frustrated for, for my first training. But keep calm and uh, go to stay focused. And, uh, and yes, I learned it. But you beat, your, of your seven wins, your, your, your three wins, one by decision over Tanner Bozer, but three submissions, three TKOs. It's a really good combination uh, yeah. uh, of, there's no, some guys, people know what they're going to do, but with you, there's really, you seem comfortable everywhere. Yes, exactly. I want to be this kind of fighter. I want to be a polyvalent fighter, like uh, like some guys like like John Jones or some some good like that. Yeah, you know. And you're fighting Rosenstrike, who's a very good uh, a kickboxer. He's great, uh, strong legs, very powerful kicker. Uh, is he is he the most dangerous uh, kicker that you think you fought? Uh, yes, I think I think it's the, the biggest test of my career and. Uh, but I'm 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 uh, I'm alright I'm alright because I have something you know I can manage my opponent and this is this is the key of my problem. 
Did you watch Derek Lewis versus um, uh, Curtis Blades? Curtis Blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, <I> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. That's really crazy. That's really, really, really. The uppercut. Really yeah. Yeah, the uppercut was. But we knew he wanted to do that. Yes. He just stay on his feet and he waited. <laughs> Boom. That's, whoa. Derek Lewis is an athletic heavyweight, too. People don't think that he's as athletic as he is, but he's very fast. He moves really well for a very big guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it, it, it's smart. He don't have a, a lot of uh, skills, but I think it's a smart guy. Really? Yeah. Like he timed that takeout. He knew he knew what Curtis Blades was yes, going to do. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I guess he just read something because that was a perfectly he won. thrown. He won. Yeah. Your last fight, you TKO'd in the second round the former champion, Junior DeSantos. That must have really been something else for you. How, how yes. was that your former champion? This is really meant something for me and uh and for my and for my my coach for for my for, for my fan too big experience and uh and yes and and we finished the fight before the end of, of the fight and and we managed the fight well so yes i was really happy we got you know steep a versus francis coming up for that rematch yeah. that everybody's so excited about and our, us included um do you think francis has improved enough since their first time they met to get the victory? I don't know exactly because his last fight against Jairzinho, uh, he did the same. You understand? So I think Francis can win for real. He should win if he learned his last fight with uh, with uh, with a Stipe, but I don't know. We will see. Yeah, I watched the Rosen strike fight again, uh, and and Jairzinho threw a very heavy leg kick, um, and Francis just came forward. You know, he just came forward. I guess he kind of caught him going back. But yeah, it, yeah I mean, but that might have been, it looked like Gar Jarzinho was a little bit off balance. I couldn't tell if he hit him with that overhand right or if he kind of just fell back trying to get out of the way. But you don't seem to care who you fight. Like every time they ask you who you want to fight, you say anyone and anywhere. You're like, you don't care. I, I, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. But for my management, that's really important to grow up. So, yes, sometime he told me, yes, ask this guy, but that's not really me. That's not really me. I just want to do my job in the cage. I want to do well, and I want to do a, a, real, a real show for the fan. And that's it. That's it. Well, you really will have your choice uh, of, of who to fight. If this fight goes your way, and again, Rosenstrike is very, very tough. But I mean, I would love to see you against uh, Alistair Overeem or, or Volkov or Derek Lewis. There's so many interesting fights, or even Curtis Blades. There's so many great fights ahead for you. Um, you know, you must be very, very happy on, on how fast you've risen up uh, in the ranks, too. Yes, 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 yes. We will see after this fight. But I think if I... I will win this fight. I'm really tight to the to to the top to the title or maybe something like that. You know, if I win this next fight, I stay undefeated, and I think I'm. I can hide something. I can wait for something. Okay, so you're saying if you win this fight and it's a, and if it's a if it's like if it's a very very uh, decisive win, a strong. Uh, when you may be, you may wait around and see what happens with Miocic and uh, Francis. Yes, exactly. We will see. 
And uh, I know they have John Jones in the, in the equation. So we will see. Uh, didn't Dana say that John Jones was getting the winner of Nganu Miocic? Um, I, I thought he did say that, but maybe it's not a done deal yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but yes, I heard that too. Yeah, if, if they were going to put John against the winner, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really sure. Now, do you know Francis? Yes, yes, yes. My former, uh, my former partner. Yeah, but not like uh, because when I when I arrived in the MMA factory, my my, my actual gym, uh, Francis live in the live um, live to um, left. Yes. To Vegas already, you understand? Okay. So I meted him just uh, a few times when uh, against Overeem for his camp for Overeem for Curtis Blade. Yeah. And I don't know who exactly. So, yes, we sparred. You, you worked with each other? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. that's very interesting. Mm. Okay, so you got to feel him. You know what yeah. it's like to move with him. Yes, yes, yes. And he have a real power. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't seen that. <laughs> but so do you. I mean, yes. so do you. I mean, and you're ferocious, and you must have been happy because you were knocking guys out or submitting them. But you must have loved that Tanner Bozer fight because you went the distance and you won a decision, and it must make you feel a little more confident that you know your gas tank can take you through, and you can, and you can win a decision as well if you have to. Yes, of course, I'm agree with you for the specialist of, of of the MMA. It's what a real great fight. But for the fans, something he, he asked more. You understand? But yeah, for me, I love this fight, really, because I managed the fight, and I was a little bit tired because I from for no excuse. But but yes, we did well. Well, look, we uh, we're looking forward to this fight uh, again. You, you two, uh, really, you're seven and zero. He's eleven and one. You both have these incredible records. Uh, you both have the ability to knock each other out very quickly. So. Uh, Good luck, and really, we'd love to talk to you again, and um, we're going to look forward to watching you rise through the heavyweight division. Thank you. Thank you very much. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. He speaks English better than, like, it's got to be hard, like, when you're in a, you know, you learn a second language and you have to go out and do press, like that's got to be a difficult, I can't comprehend that. I'm so bad in foreign languages. I, I took, I, I just can't, my mind doesn't work that way. I like him because he was very smiley. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Let me tell you, I liked hearing Derek Lewis's thoughts after the fight. What about him saying that's Herb Dean's fault? Like in other words, with those, with those extra shots on the floor. Yeah. I mean, 
Dude, I hate those. It's I understand you have to. That ref's got to jump right in there because it, it is a do or die thing. Whether you think yeah. the guy's out or not, I'll tell you. He was what stiff a, though. I'm uppercut. He's funny, Derek. He's so much. He has a better fight IQ than people think. People think sometimes he's a meathead or something, or think mm-hmm. he's just gonna knock you out, or or he's gonna lose, or he. I, he was saying he didn't want to even try to do any trying to straight rights or one twos, left rights. He was just thinking of the knee or the uppercut the whole time. And if you now, now Curtis is not a little guy. He was working his leg kicks, he was working his punches, but you noticed he was striking with just the intention of disguising the shot. So another instead of just committing on. If he commits on blasting him with a right hand, and again, everything in hindsight's 2020. Sure. But when he's thinking, you're fa- I mean, th- nobody's punch proof. You're thinking he's thinking to shoot. Like Derek was just waiting. Right. So you saw him like, man, he's out striking him, doing excellent, but you know he's waiting to shoot. Why not unload with a right hand after faking a shot? Right in his face. If worse comes to worse, you're gonna get a clinch, you know? So I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I it, he knocked out Junior DeSantos. He has heavy hands. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, if Curtis commits more to his striking, it will set up the takedowns even better. And I think that could have made a huge difference in his fight. You know. But again, like we said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But props to Derek Lewis, man. I thought the overing was a weird call out. I mean, instead of saying, "Hey, man, I'll wait for the, the title. I just took out number two guy." Yeah. Let me see what happens with Stipe. And Francis, let me take the winner of those guys. And instead, he's like, ah, I want to fight Overeem. Overeem's coming off a loss. Like, it's yeah, that's funny with Derek Lewis. Well, Derek Lewis, too, is interesting because he goes, Man, I just couldn't, couldn't. He's so honest. He's like, I couldn't get moving, like, even in warm ups. Because I'm watching him, I'm going, He looks sluggish. Like, he just looked a little bit like tired or, or not moving as well. And he confirmed that. Um, he said he couldn't get even get his energy going, I guess, even in warm up. And now Curtis Blades hears that and he must go, Fuck. Like I imagine, you know, t- putting him on the ground would have probably been a really smart thing to do if possible. I think he wanted to get there. And yeah, easier said than done, done, right? Yeah. He did get to try to go for the clinch. He ate an uppercut from hell. Boy, did he? Um, yeah, I, am, I know the fight that you're not. You're you're not agreeing with the co-main event decision. I'm not. I mean, look, and and what I, you and we both picked uh, Lewis to win in the third round, but I mean, it was obviously the second round. Well, 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 I, well, yes, yes, yes. For our picks. Uh, we're we're talking. Wait, hold on. You being a wise what? guy? No. I picked Blades to win. Oh, let's uh, forget. Let's just cut this out of the reap. We don't need to. We, who, who? It doesn't matter. You're a wise guy. Jimmy, the yes, co-main, you, did not agree, you didn't agree with that decision, did you? No, I thought it was a 29-28. I mean, come on. It was, uh, you know, uh, Kuniskaya was a... Uh, I know that she uh, would w- drop some uh, hard punches and elbows in the last 20 seconds. No, and I know she's not on top, Jimmy. It was 17 seconds left when she started striking. So he controlled her that whole round. The whole round. Although the problem was Vieira wasn't really doing any total. I mean, she was fighting for position and stuff. She wasn't doing a whole lot of damage, but I still think she won that round. I absolutely think that was a, a 29-28 victory for Ketlin Vieira. That was just how I saw it. I thought it was a bad call. I do give Yana... Couldn't Skyler, yeah. Couldn't I do give her a lot of props where she never stopped trying. That made a difference. It made that the made difference, a difference, yeah. At least in the judges' eyes. Um, they might have just said with with you know, I mean, for Octagon control and everything, I really thought Caitlin won that last round. But yeah, she, she did, did get on top in 17 seconds, she did more damage. 
the whole time, you know, then, you know, Caitlin did the whole time, but Caitlin almost gets penalized or from losing that. She went for an arm lock with less than 20 seconds left, right. which is ballsy, but it, it sure. costs the fight. Listen, yeah. if she got the arm lock, then, you know, she's the hero. So that's the risk, you know, risk versus reward. And it did not pay off in her favor with this time. Well, but I'll pay for now. With the, with the on top, how Yana was doing when she did get on top, yeah. you put that together with Caitlin Vera's jujitsu, you know what you get? What? Casey O'Neill. Yeah. Casey O'Neill. You know what you get when you blend them together, the striking and the jujitsu? Casey, Casey O'Neill. O'Neil. Yep. You said it at the same time as me. You like you were thinking what I was thinking. I was. Jimmy, she was great, that Casey O'Neill. I I again. I liked everything about that girl in that, in that octagon. I know. Uh, that's what you want to see at a, at a first time in there. I was impressed. You don't hear me talk like this. No, I know. And I like whenever you are, t- you know, take note of somebody, obviously, uh, usually you make the right moves. So archive this because I'll tell you right now, that girl's got a bright future. Uh, all right. Derek Miner. Minner. Minner. Derek Minner. Minner, Derek, Derek over uh, yeah over Charles Rosa we both got that one wrong he was on yeah he was on he was on point Derek oof it's good he was on point yeah, yeah. he was he, he put everything together and kind of like with Charles Rosa with the um the Bryce Mitchell fight it was like, it was a game of catch up like in other words he could try to just reclaim some position but then still be a couple of steps behind so it was it was a hard time yo Olenek. That was a rough one, man, because sometimes he could just, like, um, weather the storm. Yeah. But Chris Dawkins. Big Philly cop. He's a big fucking cop in Philly. Who the fuck wants to get – who fucks with that guy when he's walking the beat? Jesus. Yeah, he, beat, he, beat my, you know, he beat my brother-in-law, Edwin. He did. I didn't know that. Edwin up. Or he beat him. I don't know if he beat him up, but I, I, I forgot. Won, yeah. I think Edwin said, yeah, he beat him or something. Okay. I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I have that right. Yeah, they, maybe they fought in Atlantic City, right? He's a Philly guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they fought. But uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, but hey, we, both, we, 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 we both got that one wrong. Yeah. I do like Chris. I think Chris yeah. is great. Yeah, we both uh, got that Bill one wrong. Versus, um, oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, you said Olenek first round two submission. I didn't say that. Yeah. I forget what I said. I don't remember. It's not important. Uh, you picked the other. You picked first round stoppage. So, so you got it. You hit it on the. You got it on the money. Ah, it's. I don't want it. It's not worth. Just, I, I, I did. I feel bad. Up and bragging about it. No, no, it's not worth it. Well, that ship has sailed. Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about that. Let's get right to Phil Hawes, who was rocked uh, at a couple. He looked like he was hurt. Uh, Nazardine uh, Imovov. Uh, he did beat, beat him in a majority decision. It was a very good fight. That was a really good um, fight. You know what I like? I like that. The fact when he didn't get him out of there right away, right? He kept composure and he and he and he really blended in his takedowns well. Yes, he got rocked, yeah, and that's what a lot of people are going to take out of this, which they really should take out of this. How he put his skill set together, because before that he's knocking people out in two and in, in how many seconds, and he's shown that he's more than just a one trick pony. Okay, I'm not getting him out of here early. I'm not just going to keep my foot on the gas and get burnt out with my huge biceps. I'm going to chill out and I'm going to time my takedowns and I'm going to fight intelligently. And that's what he did. So I was impressed with that. I took, I took more away with how intelligently he fought than him getting rocked. Cause even when he got rocked, he still won that round. Yeah. And uh, you know, you know, again, and that's why I kind of asked Cyril about 
beating Tanner Bozier because the, sometimes these decisions, like you don't get the fast knockout and then it's like, all right, now what do you do? And you're in the second round and you're getting rocked a little bit or you're not, you know, and to, a guy's got to be able to, to win a decision. I mean, we all know that, but. You know who wants to know nothing about a decision? Doesn't he want to say the word decision? Uh, Tom Aspinall. Yes. Tom I know, but, but you picked Arlovsky in the decision, so you thought it was going three rounds. Well, you, now you're just being like a bully to me. No, I got it wrong, too. I got it wrong, too. I'm going to be bullied. I apologize. I'm not trying to brag. We both got it wrong. I got it wrong as well. I can't stay mad at you. Okay, thanks. What, what actually happened in that fight? He doesn't move like a light heavyweight or a heavyweight. What, what weight is he? Heavyweight. He's heavyweight. heavyweight. Yeah. He doesn't move like a, he moves like a freaking middleweight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we both kind of, we both, we, oh, yeah. I took Aspinall uh, second round stoppage. I know uh, there it was. And what was it? Was it the second, it was second, the first second round? Yeah, yeah. I was masterful this week. You're like a little Notre Dame on this card. <laughs> you should wear like a hat and a, like, you'd be like a little wizard. And I got Ketlin Vieira right, even though the judges said it, I was still right about that. I don't give a shit. I was wrong about the method, but uh, she won that fight as far as I'm concerned. Who did? Ketlin Vieira. Even though I don't care what the judges said. She lost that fight. I don't care what they said. I had her. Well, I had her winning. Well, I'm gonna on her record. It says she lost. Yeah, we'll, we'll appeal. I'll tell you. I give Yana some credit, though, man. She oh was, yeah, of course, she's great. She's not on top. She's like 16 seconds. That's all I need. Yeah. Eat my elbow. You yeah. know. And, and, and Derek, uh, it, it, you know, the way the a fight is stopped, like Lewis blaming. You know, I mean, I didn't like. I thought Curtis Blades was stiff when he fell. But again, you look at Rosenstrike against uh, Alistair Overeem down basically five rounds to none, drops him and only wins because the referee buys his walking away with his arms up. Like literally if the ref, uh, if he didn't walk away like that, um, you know, that, that fight over him would have, would have probably won that fight. No, we talked about that. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. Um, Jared Gordon, we talked about how happy we offered Jared. He beat yep. a, a very team, Danny Chavez, yep. uh, unanimous decision. Uh, also, uh, Eddie Wineland, Wineland was looking excellent. Very fast hands. He almost does like the old J.R. Sullivan. He's he's moving his hands around, and he's and he's looked fast. He looked. I liked how he was looking. He was really looking like he was rebounding, rebounding nicely from his loss to Sugar uh, Sean O'Malley. But then John um, Castaneda said, "Not up in yeah. here." He yeah. capitalized. He knew he once he he was on working the outside of that cage, and Eddie Wineland was stalking him, controlling the center of the cage, stalking him the whole time. And the patience, the patience of John uh, Castaneda was great because the second he landed on Eddie, and he seen that he got him a little wobbly. Oh boy, that's when he was. That's like when you like in a video game and you press the special button with all like the, the, the special combo attack. That's when he was just like, ah, he charged him and he punched him like fucking eight more times. Sorry. I could have said that more technically, that's okay. but he just stayed on him when he got him hurt. Like a, a shark that seen blood or smelt blood, whatever the fuck a shark does. And he just got him out of there and just, it just, just brilliantly. So uh, hats off to John uh, Castaneda. I thought he handled Eddie Wineland. A very game, a very, uh, it looked like he was having a great night, Eddie. Yeah. But, you know, man, he was having a great round, but then he just, he got caught. So that was something else. What else? Anybody else you want to add? I, nah, before, I, I, I'll just say this. Before the next week, Matt, 
Uh, yes. Please watch the Casey O'Neill fight. I want I want to get your take on that, so, um, if, at least by Wednesday. You want me to talk more about that? No, I'm, I'm joking. I know I you love, love that. that. I know you love I that, that fight. That girl's great. Yeah, I like was. when somebody comes out like it, dude. That was a man because Shanna Shanna Dobson was not backing down an inch. Like she was just saying, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not accepting a loss. I'm coming back. I'm going to knee you in the belly." And I'm going to. There was so many times during that I was going, "Ooh, ow, ooh." It was a it was a battle, man. But it would nobody was backing down. But Casey O'Neill, I was very, very impressed with everything about her. And I enjoyed her, I enjoyed her attitude in there too. Yeah. I liked after that first round when she got up and she was because she was going for she sat down with a leg lock at the end. It was beautiful. I don't know who knows if she would have got it when the time went if the time went a little longer. And then she got up and yeah. After witness that, I, I wanted to take a big exhale. I was like, whoa, and everything that just went down in that first round. Hell of a round. Hell of a round. And uh, and then she let out like a little, like a whoo. And it was like, man, I had the goosebumps, Jimmy. Yeah, you love it. I do love it. I really do love it, you know. But uh, all right, Jimmy. And again, uh, uh, Faraz Zahabi's brother, Eamon. Eamon Zahabi took out Draco Rodriguez in the first round, and boy, did he do that mm-hmm. um, handedly, Jimmy. He's looking yeah. good, this Zahabi. Yeah. So funny that he's, that he's the, the, the brother of uh, Faraz. Faraz is a, his record, people man. that don't know Faraz Zahabi is George St. Pierre's longtime coach and friend and, 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 and a brilliant martial artist. I'm throwing that word around, word around today. but No, nah, but it's okay. I mean, uh, he's two and two in the UFC, and uh, he's eight and two overall. Want to mention the first fight of the night, the heavyweights, and then we're good. Uh, Sergey Spivak against uh, Jared Vanda- uh, Vandara. Yeah, uh, it's very hard for me to see. My eyes are going. Second round, TK. Spivak's grappling, man. He was on him. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I liked the- him. Jimmy. Great night of fights. Amazing night of fights. Again, decisions are great too, but I mean, every fight was a, a, a TKO or a knockout in the, in, in the prelims. And I love that because I always think it's great because then it motivates people to watch the prelims. I always think the prelims don't get what they should deserve from the, because it's like their brother, the prelims, people just go to the main card. But a lot of those prelim fights, uh, th- those are fights to get you interested, especially in a pay-per-view that's coming up. This wasn't a pay-per-view. So watch the prelims. They're great fights. Jimmy. Yes, sir. Perfect example. Did you see the Casey O'Neill fight versus Shannon Dobson? I didn't know. Was it a good fight? Jimmy. Oh. I'll tell you right now, in a night of very, very good fights, of a lot of, of a bunch of stoppages and and, and whew, the heavyweight the main event delivered. My favorite fight of the night is that Casey O'Neill fight. That's how much I enjoyed that fight. Yeah. So hey man. That's my two cents. That's right. So I think that's how we're going to end this show from now on. You're going to say something. I'm going to go, well, that's my two cents. All right. And the fact that I picked three fights exactly is a lot of them want to discuss it. All right. Let's, uh, it doesn't matter. What are you going to say when I go, well, that's my two cents. And what are you going to say? You're going to have to have a cool catchphrase also. I don't think I'm going to say the two cents thing. I might. Okay. Say it. Say it. All right. Well, well, first of all, why don't you give a plug first? So I. New Chip Chipperson podcast is up. Hopefully Matt will do it soon. Uh, It's a really funny one with uh, Anthony and uh, Bob Kelly, Rich Voss. Go to chipchipperson.com. I know YouTube slash Chip Chipperson. Yeah, I'm on Cameo, Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram, yada, yada. Uh, Also, Jimmy, 
Listen, this was a great show. And hey, man, that was my two cents. Penny Penny for your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. See you. See you Wednesday. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.